This is Imperfect Discourse, the podcast, a place for conversation, questions, and thought-provoking ideas. Hosted by Isaac and Daniel, two lifelong friends with unique perspectives, life experiences, and captivating dialogue. This is Episode 5, Season 2. Good evening, Daniel. Good evening, Isaac. How you doing? I'm doing well, and I've uh, I've really enjoyed the the depth and the, I would say, the Hopefully our listeners would agree, but the way we've walked through the uh, minefield, as we talked about earlier in the season of these ideas of related structures in Western civilization, how would you, I would say, summarize, or how do you think the, the walk through the minefield gone from our very involved and very, I would say, biased view of, of this so far? Um, I mean, hopefully it's gone. Hopefully it's gone well. I feel like I feel like we've tried to take time to really clarify our definitions, make sure we explain what it is we're talking about. I think that we've tried to qualify the statements that, that we've made and, and uh, I don't know, do our best to, to explain where it is that we're coming from, uh, what it is that we are saying, what it is that we're not saying, and whether or not that that you know, ultimately comes across remains to be seen. But yeah, I think, uh, I think so far it's gone fairly well. Yeah. One can hope that it comes across with the aim or intentionality. We're trying to, trying to approach such a, a subject. And I would say a, a aspect of the, the human experience that is so, so important. So I wanted to, I want to spend some time talking about what we had referenced earlier was the intuitional belief system or belief structures. And this is kind of seen its rise. As I referenced earlier, this, this can kind of be like a, a combo selection, or as I like to say, is you know, you, you get the, the old menu where, you know, you get to pick three and there's 20 options, right? And you're like, I'll take some of that, one of that, one of these. And you kind of get this entry, interesting, like conglomerate or accumulation of different parts of I would say ancient traditions of what would be considered now of like spiritual, more of the intuitional aspect. And it comes across and these seem to be the, some of, some of those that we're going to, we're going to talk about this evening. Yeah. I think this covers a lot of uh, interesting stuff. Um, some of which I, you know, a lot of this stuff, I don't, well, it's probably most of this, I don't really ad- adhere to myself, but I, I do uh, keep myself somewhat open to, um, I have no idea, uh, what a lot of this stuff, like, I don't know enough about it to have an educated opinion. So I, even though it's stuff that I don't practice myself, it's something that I also kind of hold space for. And I go like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, uh, you know, if it's beneficial for other people and they can explain to me the reasons as to why I'm open to hearing that. Yeah. Yeah. These, uh, these uh, intu- intuitional belief systems we're, we're going to be discussing their, I would say their prominence or the way that they show up is, is best highlighted by a uh, Pew research study. And it found that 60% of religious unaffiliated, which is 27% of the American population found that they believed in a one, believed in at least one new age phenomena, either astrology, reincarnation, psychic, spiritual energy, located in physical objects. So when I think about that, right, 27% of the American population, right, we talked about previously in the last couple episodes ago about uh, formal traditions, 
was 69% believed in a, a formal belief system, right? And now we're looking at kind of the other 27%, kind of that rest of that other group. They believed in some sort of new age phenomena, either astrology, reincarnation. And we're going to kind of dive into to some of those. And like you mentioned, to hopefully come across in, in the honesty and intellectual honesty for our listeners is there are aspects, right? And I think all throughout, as we've looked through through this, you know, part of the step through the podcast and as it moves forward, the season is there's aspects to each one of these, right? that validate this combo selection of I'm going to take the good from that tradition. I'm going to take the good from that practice and I'm going to put those into my life in a way that is helpful. Mm -hmm. And I think we're not, we're not sitting here, you know, wagging our finger at it going, Oh, that's wrong. That's bad. Don't do that. Again, what we're trying to do here is we're trying to, you know, recognize, we're trying to point out and acknowledge and then ultimately go, has this way that you're living and setting your life apart through the, time you're investing, the, the money you put aside, the way you spend your friendships and what you're trying to do with your life, does it show that this is actually a system that is a religious structure in itself? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I think that's, I, I think that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. So the first kind of, uh, one of these new age phenomena is how the Pew study classified this. And I, I wanted to talk a little bit about and kind of move through, through these was the astrology and I'm just going to kind of read what I've found from either Scientific America or from some, some in-depth Google searches. We like to call it research, of course. And it's defined as astrology is generally defined as the belief that astronomical phenomena like the stars overhead were born or the fact that Mercury is retrograde. They have the power to influence the daily events in our lives and have personality traits. Yeah, and our, and our personality traits. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Do you put any stock in this? So I, I think, you know, this goes almost back to the, the idea of if you can observe through the observational sciences, right, that we can observe these things, let's say, and see how they correlate to something. I think that's where it starts to validate experiences to where they enter into that's that's where they become so-called true yeah yeah i would agree and you know it's it, a lot of this stuff is really difficult to try to like pin down in a scientific way one thing that i will say about it is i i don't check my horoscope i don't like it's it's not something that i is consciously it's not at the forefront of my mind it's not in the back of my mind it's uh, not something that i typically pay any attention to. Um, one thing that I will say though, is that when you, when you read about the, uh, like the characteristics of, um, I'm a cancer. And so when you read about the, the characteristics and the typical personality traits of cancer, I am spot on, like it is textbook. And so, you know, I mean, take that for what it's worth. I don't know. I don't necessarily put a lot of stock into that, but it is an interesting observation. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think that's where it gets interesting because it's like someone might ask a question who's, you know, very, very much a, a proponent or practices the astrology as a, as a structural belief system in their life and be like, well, you're saying that because you're a cancer, this doesn't thing. So you're saying this isn't true. And obviously that's a, a horrible question. And unfortunately questions structured that way, very straw man, very set up to, to get you to a yes or a no. So yes, that, that could represent right in in how you are as a 
as as you decided uh, de- said like a cancer as defined as a, a trade in you know the the horoscopes is oh that doesn't mean that that's wrong but it could just show up right and so i yeah. think that's you know that's almost we've had conversations in relation to the grander topic of like spirituality and religion of oh that person in front of me bought a coffee therefore there must be x or that was an x x involvement of you know so-called the divine or something and it's like at what point could it just simply be yeah how much of this see and that's that's the other thing that i i i leave a pretty wide berth for um just coincidence you know it it could just be coincidence and so you know it's one of those things that i i I hold real real loosely it's something that i observe and i'm not i'm not opposed to uh you know looking at that and and observing it and saying like oh that's interesting i don't feel threatened by by it because i do know some people who like have you ever met those people who are like they're the people who are really invested in it and who are like um adamant about it and then there are the people who are equally adamant about how it's not true and i don't feel either way and it's just something that i observe yeah um and uh when i was doing some more research something outside kind of jotted down for notes it said that uh according to scientific america it said that 70 million americans read their horoscopes daily let's see here and that was done uh let's see here and 25% believed that the positions of the stars and planets affected their daily lives. 25% of Americans, which follows earlier, right? 27% of the American population believed in at least one new age phenomenon. Yeah. You know, and I personally, I, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go that far. I don't think that where the stars happen to be on any given day affect the way that things play out over my life. One thing that I will say that I, I have noticed and, and is interesting. I don't know if it has anything to do with astrological alignment or anything like that, but have you ever had an experience where <laughs> the way that a day goes bad is almost like, it's almost like you almost can't recover from it. Like I had, I had a day like this, um, not too long ago where I had to go and print something. And because I, I didn't have access to a printer, uh, the best option was to go to like a Staples and print something off, which if you just never do that, it was, it was a terrible experience. And so it was just one thing after another, after another, after another. And it was everything that I could do to just like keep my calm and just, you know, tell myself, yeah, it's just let it go. Just, you know, and then, um, I got in my truck and, uh, I had had a, an orange juice bottle and I had screwed the cap on it. And then I had thrown it on the seat of my truck. Now, I threw it on the seat of my truck because I screwed the the cap on. I wouldn't have done that if it was if the cap was open. Didn't spill on my seat or anything. But it, somebody stopped in front of me. I had to get on my brakes, and the bottle went down to my floorboard. And somehow the bottle cap went open, and there's just orange juice all over the, my, the floorboard of my truck. And it was one of those moments where I'm just like, "Are you kidding me?" It's just like one thing after another, after another, after another, to the point at which you know, okay. Some of this seems really hard to like chalk up to like coincidence. It really seems like, no, 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 you're, you're supposed to have a bad day today. Like that, this is in the cards for you. And so, you know, those are some things that I've observed now. Am I going to make the case that, that that has something to do with it? No, but it's just, isn't it again, an interesting observation. 
Yeah, that's fascinating, right? Because you could easily be like, well, look, I read in a horoscope today and it says it's going to be bad. And maybe and maybe you go about your day, right? And now you're hyper aware, right? We just had, what, what the, a Friday on the 13th. Right. And, you know, I think there was a crazy moon too or something or within a few days and you're like, oh, man, what's it going to be? And it's funny because my, my, my laptop I use, of course, just one kaputzie that day. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, what was it? That was it. That yeah. was, and, you know, of course, joking. And I just, I just thought it was funny because I was like, this is so interesting how – if you go about the world, right, we talked about that, that meaning part of that four-pronged, does something have a religious structure to it? And when you look at that, did do you go out, right, with a with a set of glasses on per se or, or, or a lens to look and go, I'm going to find things or there are going to be things that go about my day and I'm going to immediately attribute them to this because I'm hyper aware of it. Right. Yeah, see, that's where it gets really interesting because how much of it is um, – you know, observe. It's like it's like that thing where you go um, try to not think about a pink elephant. That's the first thing you think about, you know, and or that phenomenon where if you go, man, I've been really thinking about buying a, a Jeep and a, particularly a white Jeep, right? And suddenly, like that's all you see everywhere. And it's just that your mind is hyper tuned into. You've put that at the forefront of your mind. So, how much of it is that? How much of it is is something else? You know, I, one thing that I do find interesting is that. You know, there's a long tradition of people who, I mean, we would call it superstitious, but, um, you know, a long tradition of, of ancient people, you know, pointing those things out and, and finding those patterns. I'm pretty hesitant to completely dismiss that out of hand, you know, but I, it also isn't something that I necessarily, you know, set my watch by or. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's, there's definitely a lot here. And I, you know, you always, when you're going through the, the grocery store or something, you, you know, you see, uh, the horoscopes there in the, the checkout line and it's just always something you notice and you go, oh, okay. And you hear people talk about being a Gemini cancer and I'm sure there's a whole bunch more. I don't want to really versed on this and it's not something I verse or live my life by. Of course, clearly it's pretty evident at the moment because I don't even know what the signs <laughs> are, but when you, when you, I think you go out, this is that important part when when you're predisposed from a from a point of a worldview, that base foundation, to go out and you look and you're looking for things to reinforce that all throughout, that will go where that goes. What I mean by if you're like like you're saying, right, off all I can think about is white Jeeps or a Jeep, that's all you're gonna focus on, right? It's it's something you become so hyper aware of, or if you're very into I don't know if you just bought something, you'll start to notice it in more places. And it's, and it, I think you're saying it just cause it's present and right. it's sitting in the, in the forefront of your mind per se. Right. Yeah. I would agree. Although I think that there's, I'm going to butcher this. So just bear with me. Um, because this is not scientific at all. It's just kind of a thought that I had the premise for, you know, uh, the moment that you're born and where the stars are aligned and, and all of that stuff. Um, there is a part of that that I go, well, it's possible that there is something going on that we have never had any type of research or scientific um, looking into uh, for where, I mean, we know that the, the, you know, the moon affects the tides and, you know, gravitational pull and, you know, we're aware of all that. So, you know, to think that there's a possibility that some of that on a, like a super microscopic, like atomic level, um, could have some sort of effect on the biochemistry of, of your brain's makeup when you're born. 
maybe, I don't know. Like, again, this is why I kind of hold space for that. And I go, yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell you. This is not something that I have an opinion on because I just, I don't know. I don't know enough. Yeah. And I mean, again, this is not, you know, a scientific observation or, I mean, this is just a guess, but all in here is obviously we know, right. In the relation of like how much vitamin D you get has massive, massively impacts mood. Oh yeah. And absolutely. You know, mental health, obviously like, well, look clearly that's, you know, <laughs> that's a, an astrology type related, obviously it's stars, but that's a, a thing that involves planets and, you know, the. Right. The yeah, solar I mean, the system and that yeah. clearly affects and I guess I can understand, right? We go, look, these things start to add up. There's something here. I, it's not a far fetch. Right? And I think, you know, that's, that's something you look right in that, that structure is when you start to see the way that stuff kind of falls in line and you start to add things. And I understand some jumps have to be made in some, some hypotheses have to be made to get places and some things. And I, I get that, but it can start to appear to hold some weight yeah yeah and i think that that's i think that that's fair i i wouldn't begrudge anybody that um i just um once again for anything that i don't have like a very clear like work through idea on i'm pretty pretty agnostic i'm pretty i don't know i don't know i don't know big yeah, question it, mark yeah it's not something i i practice to know and to to move on to more things i don't practice to know but that fall in this uh unaffiliated category we're talking about here with the intuitional beliefs is is reiki healing yeah i i gotta be honest i know even less about this so i have some some i would say some loosely affiliated instagram kind of friends and they're they're involved in this idea of energy and healing and attend conferences and they probably call them something else but group of like-minded people get together and do things so maybe they call it a community gathering or i mean which of course is the last aspect of the the four-prong approach is that every little structure is is that community aspect is is going places with like-minded people to further show your followings of that as a as a structure and when i was looking this up it it kind of breaks it down as it balances your internal body levels to return to a near natural state this means that your breathing heart rate blood pressure, circulation, and other bodily systems will improve. This normal balance will allow your body to heal itself from within. I mean, it sounds good. Right. It sounds, oh, supernatural, super, super progressed. Let's put it that way. Not of, med na not of you know, hospital-based medicine. Natural, modern medicine is going to fix it, but somehow this idea of energy within. and Like Eastern medicine. Yeah, there's, a, there's an aspect right in that book, uh, Educated, that we were talking about in a previous episode where there's aspects of what is being described there that kind of run here. And of course, in that book, there's use of of natural, let's say, homeopathic um, means of medicine. Yeah. Um, so, so I grew up in a community that practiced it, that practiced faith healing, which was they believed that to try to explain this in a way that's fair um, or, or, you know, accurate from their perspective. They believe that any type of outside interference with an attempt to heal the body was a show of a lack of faith in God's ability 
to heal. And so there was no going to doctors. There, there was no um, use of medicine. I even knew people who they would refuse to set bones when, when they would break. Really not good. Um, I don't really need to, I guess, expound on that, but yeah, really not good. And so, you know, you have these, these people who they think that if you're going to be healed, God's going to do that. And he's going to do that through uh, supernatural means. And that comes by, by way of praying and anointing with uh, oil. And so, um, you know, that was something that I, that I grew up with. And, you know, the thing is, is that there were, you know, many people who refused medical treatment and died from very treatable uh, medical conditions. And so the explanation for that was that that was God's will. And so, yeah, they're, they're, I don't know. I don't, I would be a little bit hesitant to say that it's, it's the same, but there's, there's maybe some tangential aspects of it that. that... Yeah. There, there's some similar, I would say framework or, or, or components of it that are much closer than they are apart. Yeah. And yeah. I remember reading that section in the book and then thinking about this person I'm thinking specifically, who's very into this energy healing and, and whatnot is I was like, the, this sounds like I'm listening to the same argument being made and, and the same practices being talked about and where, you know, this fringe idea of homeopathic medicine seemed way out there on the more, you know, burning man type crew. If you've, before it became mainstream, like the original types there, it became very, it, it seems like they're much closer in this. And I, I just thought it was interesting with what was described in, in that book, Educated, in, yeah. in relation to, you know, Reiki healing and this idea of a natural energy and and a, almost a use of not, you know, Western medicine, which obviously has at its past been very invasive, right? Yeah. And now we're at a point where it's progressed very, very far where, I mean, they cut a little incision hole and do all sorts of incredible surgery and it's just a tiny little scar versus having to, you know, flay something open, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and that's, uh, you know, so for me, the interesting thing for me is having grown up in an environment that uh, practiced faith healing, I, I now obviously I don't believe in or adhere to any of those practices. The thing that I, I find really interesting is that, um, I still have a lot of apprehension about doctors and it's not anything to do with what I actually believe. It's just so foreign, you know, it's just not something that you grow up with. It's not something that's, um, if you don't know about it, aren't used to it, right. If anything, if, yeah. if you know, if you've let's, I mean, we'll pick very safe things here, right. Just for this, it's, if you've never, you know, let's say worked with a financial advisor or a fiduciary to, you're going to be very suspect and not known. And it's, it might come like you're talking about from a place of, just unawareness or you don't know. And right. It's not that you're somehow, I'm anti-medicine. Let's right. not even what's occurring. And I can yeah. see people that try to try to go there. It's like, the point is it's like, you know, when it, when it comes to medicine and, and medical decisions, it's like the information you have and the more and the, the better doctors you can access. Absolutely. Right. It's, that's never been more important than, than oh, yeah. you think about something of someone's life and, and, and healing and whatnot. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah. Um, yeah, so this is unfortunately something that I just I don't have really any experience with. Um, yeah, 
that that's fair. I just wanted to break down a few more things here. It's just that were kind of kind of fascinating when I was when I was researching this is um, it focuses on seven main healing centers and they're called chakras in your body. And the energy should flow freely freely through these areas for you to be spiritually, physical, and mentally healthy. And practitioners believe that if the energy paths are blocked, you may feel ill, weak, or have pain. And when I read this, when I read the the things that's supposed to remove and that there's these things naturally occurring within you, I, I think back to that 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 framework, right, of of meaning, of purpose, of community and ritual. And I go, Oh, these are happening here. I know that there's all sorts of what would you call them? Centers or retreat locations where you see this sort of Eastern intuitional belief systems practiced and people carry these things out. And it's always interesting because you look at that and you go, oh, that is, that is profoundly religious. What you're doing is, <laughs> is at the highest levels of, of changing your life, the way you live, the way you the eat, eat, the way you view things, the way you take care of yourself, the people you serve. And like, that meets the core framework and it even shows the belief because that's how you're valuing and setting up your life around it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, once again, it, it kind of comes back to the theme of, of what it is that we've talked about. It seems to me that human beings are innately religious. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to touch on, touch on a couple more here as we kind of look at these, these ideas. And I talked about that spiritual energy is located in physical objects. And so I just wanted to kind of briefly talk about crystals um and these uh, this is just like blown up i don't know what it is in the last five to ten years like it was on the periphery but it seems it's become more mainstream yeah anywhere i travel it's like it's when the essential oil thing all of a sudden blew up it was like you know book mine um that book we're talking about educated was like when they were talking about essential oils i mean the author she's talking about oh gosh early thousands in that book maybe and that was like on the weird periphery like what are you doing to now where we're at crystals it's like it's just normal to go visit a a a, an average city in a u.s city and there just to be a crystal shop and it'd be no big deal Mm -hmm. completely mainstream and normal yeah once again something that i have no real experience with except for the fact that i really do like i really do like rocks so there's there's that i I think they're cool but. I wanted to, to read, this is from healthline.com, and it's in relation to the guide to healing crystals and its benefits. And there's a quote here by a crystal mastal he- healer. Crystals are made up of different elements or compounds, which our bodies react to in different ways. Crystals are minerals that hold energy, and we as humans are made up of energy. We can exchange energy with the crystal when we work with it. So... Initially, my response, my my kind of gut reaction to that is like, okay, okay, okay. As soon as I hear someone assert something like well, crystals have energy, that's where I I want to. That's that's the only point point at which I want to stop and be like, can you show your work? Can you can you explain? Um, I'm always very hesitant whenever people just assert something because it's like that's fine, but can you can you show your work? Walk me through what it is that you mean by that. And can you, can you explain it to me? And that's where I find that a lot of people wind up, there's usually some fluster about like, um, well, you just have to, you're either into it or you're not, but that's the only part of it, which, you know, 
like I'm tracking with you up until that point. Yeah, and there's there's research and and studies that have been done that this uh, article I'm referencing here cites, and it's talking about some of it has been chalked up through scientific studies that it has like the placebo effect, or that it's that's real su- yeah. suggestion that there is power or something within within these crystals. Yeah, yeah, and that I would buy. I mean, once again, I don't know how much I would attribute that to the crystals themselves, but the pl- the placebo effect is absolutely real right remember those crazy was it bud light to do those funny commercials about it's not superstition if it works and like <laughs> the person would get up and leave the, the room to go use the restroom or get more chips or beer out of the fridge yeah and the team would get a touch I'm like oh you got to stay over there and it's like well i mean are now we're just looking at you know correlation isn't causation right, right. is it just happened to happen and that could be right and i just i thought it was interesting because this this article kind of breaks down you've got healing crystals for your health for wealth and for love and they kind of go on to break down what they will do. And in my in my younger previous days, I was uh, I was in the Coast Guard, and one of my coworkers, his I think his mom was in town, and she was very into crystals, and she was adamant that before she found out we did search and rescue and whatnot, and she was adamant that we would take these crystals that offered us like protection from the sea, and we put them in our like life jackets when we would go out. That's and very I was specific. Like, this is so interesting how. You found this this special, you know, crystal yeah. for this very specific thing. For yeah. this. and I was just like, "That is so interesting." Yeah, that is fascinating. Fun fact: I didn't, I didn't put it in my life jacket. No, you guys were shocked. No, no, I, I never <laughs> oh, would have no. guessed. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't have to use my life jacket. I would just see if it floated. So I mean, yeah, well, there so. you go. That's successful. That's <laughs> yeah. successful. Maybe just yeah. the aura or something. You know, right? I just, I just thought this this thing on the crystals and its and its rise on how it's like normally mainstream how it's not even i remember i had a barber who all of a sudden like she started selling crystals in a barber shop and i was like oh that's interesting like how did we get here i'm like, not sure if that's on brand i was like this is so bizarre yeah going for a shave and a crystal i mean maybe it's a new thing i guess yeah yeah you know okay so let's let's kind of let's kind of explore that for a second why the rise in it why the mainstreaming of it is it that this is the thing that i'm curious because I, I just had this moment i was just like well I would be the type of person who would be like, okay, yeah, I'm willing to like try it, but I just don't know. Like I would be willing to like, if somebody said you need to carry this crystal with you and see if your life improves or doesn't improve or, or if you feel or or different or anything, I'm the type of person to be like, yeah, I'm going to try it. I don't know how much I buy into it, but I'm not opposed to, to trying something. And I wonder if there is a, if you know people are searching for some sort of connection to the mysterious some sort of connection to the divine some sort of connection to something outside of you know uh, the normal everyday life and and that's why you know things like uh, that suddenly become more um, mainstream and appealing uh, I, I don't know do you do you think it's maybe connected to like the rise in the self-care, the the mental health type? Maybe some of type, it. A type rise in prominence in, in, in America, at least. I, yeah. I mean, is it maybe a means of, hey, you know, here's a here's a way to use this crystal. You'll have better mental health. Maybe. maybe. And maybe, maybe it's just a, maybe is modality the right? Is it a modality to, to achieve the thing as in, as in, you know, very sim- similar to... You know, if you, you know, yoga is another common, common aspect that falls into this intuitional, 
And of course, we're not talking about, oh, I just do yoga once a week to, to increase flexibility and improvement. And I think that's important, right? Is you could still, you know, let's say, look at a horoscope and be like, oh yeah, it does something. I'm not, but it's, when does it become, that's how you center and base your life on. And I think that's the caveat. Yeah. I, I agree with you there because, you know, I immediately think of, it's like, do you practice yoga as a, as a religious practice or do you practice yoga because your hip flexors are, are messed up and tight? You know, you just sit too much. Do you, uh, you know, maybe read your, your horoscope because you, you get a kick out of it or you notice some sort of correlation and then you, you, you move on or do you kind of attempt to center, not center, but maybe attempt to adjust your life depending on it. And so that's where I think it, the, the line between, I guess, observation and like religious practice gets, gets crossed, I guess. No, you're, I think that's right. You're spot on. There's definitely a point from when it crosses where you're just kind of on the periphery aware of it to where you, you actively partake, right. And you're, you go from barbershop to all of a sudden start selling crystals. Yeah. It just, you know, yeah. Something, that, something changed there. Yeah. Some, some line moved, right. And I wanted to look at one more key component and spend a tad bit of time here because we've referenced Sam Harris earlier. And in the last while, Sam Harris has really kind of moved in that aspect of, you know, and we, we quoted earlier in that, that 2007 discussion with the four prominent horsemen of atheism talking about some sort of new structure, no sort of beliefs, but around a ritualist system. And that's where the idea of mindfulness as a practice comes around. And the benefits or where this comes from is mindfulness is rooted in Buddhist and Hindu teachings. It includes a journey toward the enlightenment and the concept which encompasses attention, awareness, and being present in considering the first step toward enlightenment. And it was uh, translated and became the term mindfulness from the ancient language. I'm going to butcher this. I apologize for the listeners. Pali, and it means mindfulness. So this practice, right, comes from Buddha's tradition in, in Hindu. Yeah. Now this, I probably have the most experience with. Um, it is something that I have tried to incorporate into my life to varying degrees of success, not because the mindful mindfulness it, itself wasn't beneficial or, or, or successful very much is I'm really terrible at like maintaining things. And so I, I have a very, very busy life. And so it's very hard for me to like remember to take time to do things. But in the times that I have actually tried to dedicate time towards um, meditation and, and mindfulness, I have noticed an, an absolute increase in, I'm trying to think of like how to describe it, but I guess maybe the best way to, that I could maybe describe it is um, like, Sometimes I feel like my mind is a bit of like a cluttered, messy room or garage. And I, I deal with a lot of anxiety and, and oftentimes it feels like there's um, just a lot of chaos going, a lot of thoughts, you know, a lot of kind of uh, one rapid thought after another. And it's very hard to like focus on things. And what I found was that in trying to practice this, it's kind of like going in rolling up the garage door, being like, okay, this place is a mess. And then trying to take stuff and organize it and like clean it up, sweep it out, 
you know, make sense of what's on the shelves, make sense of what's on the counters. And like, that's kind of what it felt like to me, which is really, really helpful. I imagine it's really, really helpful if you are able to consistently practice it, which is something that I've really struggled with. But, but yeah, I, I, I've seen a lot of positive. Yeah. And again, right, you're, you're talking about when you, you see the positive benefits of, of putting in a structure, right, that has quasi-religious benefit or quasi-religious nature or tendencies to it, it does benefit you immensely. And looking at psychology today, talking about what is mindfulness, mindfulness encompasses awareness and acceptance. And they define awareness is the knowledge and ability to focus the attention of one's inner process and experiences such as the experience of the present moment. And acceptance is the ability to observe and accept rather than judge or avoid those streams of thought. And then they, they kind of talk about the purpose is to cultivate the perspective of one's consciousness. And it has the positive or works to address stress, anxiety, pain, or simply, simply to become more relaxed. Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, I think some of the reasons that I've tried to practice it encompass that I uh, have a, have a real difficult time relaxing. Yeah. And I, you know, you think about the, the way in which we're, we're so busy in the West. I mean, you can watch anything you want, any TV show, any sports game. You've got YouTube all the time. We have everything on our phones, everything on our laptops, our TV does everything now. It's just as powerful as a laptop of probably 15 years ago. There's so much, so many ways to busy our life into, I would say, lack consciousness or awareness and kind of to slow down and take note what's going on. And that's why you see kind of, I would say, a real rise in these intuitional belief systems. I think there's a component in the Eastern traditions they come from of, of slowing down, kind of, kind of rooting ourselves and taking time to... I don't know, just be calm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you're, you're exactly right. Like the, the, the average American's life is so hectic and filled with things like for instance today, you know, I have a job as a commodity broker, did that today, um, have a whole bunch of, uh, different fires to put out in regards to that. Um, and then, you know, I'm having this discussion with you. So that's on my mind. Um, in the middle of, after we finished recording uh, one episode and then have a, a recording session with a, with a music artist and then, you know, life, you know, and then another, another episode, like there's so much going on that it's really, really difficult to stop and think about taking time to just stop and observe like, okay, just take stock of where you're at, how you're feeling, what you're thinking. Um, and it's really easy to just get to the end of the day and, uh, you know, get home, crawl into bed. And, and that was, you know, that was your day. And so one of the things that I would like to do is to try to incorporate more of this, uh, either at the beginning or maybe beginning and end of my day. I feel like that would be, um, really helpful. Yeah, a worthwhile investment for the, you know, the the immediate and the long-term way that which you can see the positive benefits of, of being able to focus more, seeing some more 
you said chaos, so rather order amongst the chaos or all the things that are going on. And I, I referenced Sam Harris in relation to this in his 2014 book called Waking Up. And the kind of sub is a guide to spirituality without religion. And I kind of wanted, I wanted to read his and kind of venture down a, a path of intellectual questioning of that, which the likes of Sam Harris would use on structures of belief systems. And I just see where this goes. Cause I was reading this book and I was like, well, I've read your book into faith and your book about free will and listened to you give interviews in a couple articles that you've been in. So I just, I just wanted to, I wanted to play Sam Harris for Sam Harris. Okay. And so, um, he gives a definition of mindfulness and I was reading this, something else came to my mind. So, you know, you know, 30 some pages into this book and I read mindfulness is a vivid awareness of whatever is appearing in one's mind or body, thoughts, sensation, moods without grasping at the pleasant or recoiling from the unpleasant. And I was like, okay, it's the vivid awareness of what's happening. And it's basically this idea that you can work through it or almost when you reach this full level of consciousness, that you can almost move past where these things are happening. And you're so vividly aware this is happening. And I was like, well, that, that doesn't make sense. And I immediately jotted down some notes and I was like, but what about that idea of priming and that system one and two thinking from that book, Thinking Fasting Slow? And I was like, but no, that, that scientific research from like a, from like neuroscience says there's stuff firing and happening you can't even control. And I flip a few more pages and about another 30 more pages. And sure enough, he says the same thing. And I was like, okay, that's something. And so I was like, so what, what's going on here, Sam? Like, are you, are you telling me that mindfulness can transcend neuroscience to where I can shut off system one and system one, because that's the very fast happens without you any control over it and I was like that's that seems a bit odd and so I kind of struggled with that and then I kept reading and hopefully I can find the section here is where he makes another point and I was just like this is this is interesting as I as I did this and I know it sounds like I'm beating a soapbox here but I sat down and I read this book in a sitting and I just I, I walked away with some interesting questions with the critiques of institutional formal religions that the four horsemen would give. And he says this, he says, Sam Harris says, many scientists and philosophers believe that consciousness is always tied to one of the five senses and that the idea of pure consciousness, apart from seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, and touching is a categorical error in spiritual fantasy. I am confident that they are mistaken. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The atheists argue for science as the means to figure everything out. And it should sit atop the um, decision-making hierarchy of of thought and, and the world. But then I also think right about what he said in that 2007 discussion where he wanted a new system of practices, but not one that is so-called religious. But here he is arguing for something where he questions the authority of scientists and philosophers. And I was like, Sam, where are we at on this? So is the case that he's making that um, 
that consciousness resides in a place that is independent of any any sensory contact there there are levels of where he talks about where you're in such i don't want to say what's the word he would use in such a level of consciousness or not even aware because you're you're so in this this state of mindfulness that it's almost this articulation where you have this incredibly spiritual i would even articulate divine experience where it's so it's so profound and deep that it almost sounds like it can't be quantified or, or, or broken down or explained by by a scientific structure, maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the sub, uh, the, how do you know the book, is The Guide to Spirituality Without Religion. So maybe he is um, making space for the spiritual inside of that. It's just very interesting. Yeah, I, I see the I see the, the, the point there. You know, if, you, if, if, if scientists and philosophers are making the case that that outside of sensory experience, you can't have consciousness. I'm very curious as to the case that he would make against the scientific argument for that. Yeah. And I, and he goes into detail here and I don't want to get way too far in the weeds just because we don't have the time and to, to get into the idea of, of human consciousness and sensory and yeah, well, that's a that's a whole other. I'm not. That's I'm a, not even gonna pretend I'm right enough to have a good conversation. Yeah, to refer to a, or to use a phrase from another um, podcast that I that I love listening to. That's a whole other bag of badgers. Correct. And something something I always find interesting is it seems like one of the criticisms, right? The, the straw man arguments used against you know Catholicism or Judeo Christianity is. Look at the horrible things their leaders do, right? You know, we, we think of prosperity gospel, and I won't name names, but there's some of them that make millions of dollars and fly private jets. And I mean, you can like, name Give me more money. Yeah, you can name names. I don't care. That's okay. <laughs> if you know who he is, you know who he is. And then we go, oh, look, the Catholic Church did these horrible scandals. And then I'm like, okay. But I always hear these wild stories about, you know, these these mindfulness gurus and it always seems when I brought this up, we were talking about yeah. this, and you were like, "Well, you can bring it up." I was like, "Yeah, there's always this weird stuff in in mindfulness gurus." Yeah, what did I say? I was like, "There's never a like any time that, that that winds up happening, it always ends up with I'm going to need your money, and I'm going to need to sleep with your wife." And, and sure enough, that's what he goes on to describe. And I was like, "When when you when you give a guru this much power, as he says, they they ultimately." cross the lines or as he says a relationship with a guru or indeed any expert tends to run along authoritarian lines and when it becomes i need you to pay all this money and we're going to have this 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 incredibly spiritual as he would say experience of this this level of consciousness oh but i'm gonna need to i'm gonna need to sleep with your wives too and you're like yeah wait a second this reminds me of you know wild wild cult-like behavior you know what's funny is there's actually a documentary called wild wild country that covers this is there yeah oh, happened in oregon fascinating yeah yeah i mean there 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 is retreat centers there where i could see yeah. all these practices partaking yeah. place that I've, I've heard about yeah and it's just it's really interesting because once again like regardless of of what type of uh religious system or you know here's the thing to be very clear not making excuses in the slightest for any of the scandals in any of like the more traditional religious structures. I think the point that we're trying to make here is that there is something in human beings 
that tends towards not only religious structures, but the corruption of them. And so, you know, to quote, uh, uh, to quote Jordan Peterson quoting Viktor Frankl, like the, the line between good and evil runs through the heart of, of the individual, you know, that's a very Michael Scott quoting, uh, Wayne Gretzky, uh, sure. situation, but you know, you get what I'm saying. Um, uh, that's, that's something that, it, that keeps recurring over and over and over and over again, is that regardless of, of what the underlying structure is, there does seem to be this tendency both for uh, religious expression, but also the corruption of it. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's really, I think, tied back to that idea of the, the ego. And when you, when you prop up a hero in a system where they, they can reign supreme, and they're, they're worship and look towards. And this is partly what um, Joseph Campbell talks about in The Power of Myths, is when when civilizations prop up a, a hero, a, a living hero on, on, on earth with them, certain things happen. And you, you, you see that, right? When this person is the, the, the cult leader, or this person is this power head of this, this you know, intuitional guru person of some some sort of level you inevitably see things go that way and i don't think it's you know it's, it's too throwing the baby out with the bathwater as a to say well that that's just only happening over here oh it happens everywhere yeah. you you think about you know you there's always some sort of scandal where there's an interesting correlation and this is where michelle foucault i think sometimes there's a misunderstanding of arguments made is there is a corruption of, of, of power. And it's with that, it can then become corrupted. Yeah. There's that saying that, um, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. And it's, it's really hard to find instances in, in which that that's not the case, you know? And so that's something that, that has to be taken into account. It's by no means making excuses, like I said, for the things that do happen in these in these organizations, because I do think that there is a level of responsibility um, for the things that do happen on their watch. But I think once again, to kind of kind of circle back to, to that idea is if you think that getting rid of the religious structures is going to fix that, I think you're wrong. Like it's going to show up regardless. And so you know, in, in those situations, I think you have to be honest and I guess you don't have to pull punches where organizations make mistakes. You can call that out for what it is, but understand that the thing that causes that does exist in each and every human. And so the good aspects of it need to be preserved if possible in, in the process of trying to purge the the, the corruption. Yeah. I think that's an excellent place to, to end this and kind of put a, put a pin in that idea of, you know, when we look down and kind of summarize this entire um, season, I, I would like to come back to that point you're talking about there. And I did have one more thing yeah, I wanted to, to mention and this actually just kind of came to me as we were having this discussion about how, you know, there's these other ways in which people, find spirituality or they they there's some other aspect of their life in which they they kind of allude to having some sort of acceptance of 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 the spiritual and one thing that that kind of occurred to me is 
there are a lot of people who go like, ah, oh, yeah, I don't believe, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in evil or, or, or the devil or, or whatever it might be, but will immediately say like, oh yeah, I have this ghost story. I have this experience, this supernatural experience. And I find that really, really interesting and strange, not necessarily because I, I don't believe those, but it's, it's really interesting to me that some people can be so dismissive of some of something just so completely and, and out of hand, just like, ah, I don't believe in any of that. But there was this one time that I had this, you know, insert ghost story right here. And the interesting thing that I, I find about that is that I've kind of had this running thing where I haven't had a personal, like supernatural s- story. Well, that's not true. There's one, it wasn't a ghost story. Sure. Um, <laughs> but I saw this look cross. It cross, sounds it, interesting. Yeah, I it sounds this, interesting. Okay, I mean, I can, I can. If, sh- if you want to go there, if not, we can. We yeah, can I mean, I can, I can share the story online. Yeah, I can share. Um, so, yeah. Um, but I, I, to, to finish up my thought, what the thing that I was thinking is that that's another aspect where we see spirituality kind of show up in places that you wouldn't normally expect it. You know, I've had this running thing where, if you ask somebody, usually their first uh, responses. No, I, I don't really believe in that. But then if you go like, really nothing, almost everyone that I've ever met, almost everyone stops and goes, well, there was this one time, you know, and then they'll go ahead and insert some story that either they had or some close family member of, the, of them had. I haven't had an experience that was a, a ghost or, you know, scary supernatural type story, but I did have one instance that I have no explanation for. Sure. Um, and it was, uh, for, I was probably about 16, 15, 16 years old. And, uh, a buddy of mine and I, we were with a large group of people and we were in the mountains and we were cutting firewood and it was wrapping up the day. It was probably like four o'clock and he had brought a couple of quads, a couple of four wheelers. And it was one of those moments where it's like, we'd kind of everything was cut up, everything was loaded, everything was strapped down and we had a little bit of time. And so we hopped on the four wheelers and we were cruising around and we were just riding these back roads, you know, these, uh, like forest service roads in the mountain. We were going, I don't know, probably 45 miles an hour, not particularly dangerous, but just we were clipping. And I came across a, like a, a turn and most of the turns were pretty reasonable turns you kind of cruise into them cruise out of them and one of them happened to be more of a like a hairpin you know it kind of was a real real tight turn i panicked hit the brakes went into a skid and just went right to the edge of this service road and the incline was just insanely steep like it was it was sure it, was, it was sure death here's the part that i don't understand i probably got to the edge of that service road 40 miles an hour going no stopping it you know and the only way that i can explain what happened and this still doesn't even make sense to me it feels weird saying it well the only thing that i can explain is that time essentially stopped and i stepped off of the the quad i stepped off of it like to the side on the edge of the road and then I just watched the the quad go off the off the edge, and it it just it flew, it just flew, and then landed on its on its wheels, 
it went around a boulder and then around a tree and then just stopped. And I, I watched all of this happen. And my buddy who was behind me, you know, he shows up and he's like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. But like, look at your four wheeler. And he's like, oh man, don't worry about it. Like, it's, it's just, it's just a machine. Don't worry about it. And I was like, no, 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 look at your four wheeler. And he looks at it and he goes, he's like really confused. Cause it's just, it's on, it's like, it's not tipped. It's not rolled. It's not anything. And it's just there. And he goes, did you, did you like tip it back up? And I was like, no, it landed like that. And he was just completely, you know, blown away. The funny thing is, is that trying to get it out, we rolled it like three times trying to get it out. <laughs> That's how steep it was, you know, but it was, it was one of those things where, you know, if you push people enough, usually there's some sort of uh, something that happens that's outside of the norm, that's outside of explanation. Um, that's mine. It's not a scary thing, but it's just one that I have zero explanation for. Makes zero sense to me to this day. Yeah, those would be, I consider, I believe, what's called an indie or a near-death experience. And, you know, everybody talks about, oh, man, it seemed like it flashed before my eyes or time slowed down. And th those are a complete uh, a complete thing within themselves to talk about near-death experiences i came across some some books some uh, books and sections and chapters of the books that are in preparation for this i kind of dove into that a little bit um i wish I, I wish i would have remembered and i know there's a pile of books sitting next to me it's in one of those books so maybe i'll try to figure it out and uh maybe revisit that but um i think to wrap this episode up here is we uh kind of talked about into intuitional uh structure type belief systems we we looked at kind of how they they provide meaning in a worldview talked about some of the benefits um maybe kind of their rise to prominence in the i would say the last i don't know 10 to 15 years or so here in the west and uh, i think that's a good place to, to wrap this episode up here this has been the imperfect discourse podcast to continue as we listen to religious structures of belief in western civilization